afternoon, Raleigh, North Carolina. This is Packers Live Sports Show with Benjamin Din and John Hinton. And we're coming at you live from the WKNC studios on the beautiful, awesome, amazing, fantastic campus of North Carolina State University on 88.1 WKNC HD1 FM, Raleigh. Yeah, Benjamin Denton and John Hinton. And we're absolutely stoked, thrilled, ecstatic to be coming at you live on one of the premier college radio stations in the nation. Keeping you up to date with the latest and the greatest of the pack of NC State. John, how's it going? It's going pretty well, Benjamin. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Well, that's not quite true. I'm just used to saying that. My stomach's yeah. feeling a little bit off. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like an old man. So you are injured all the man. time. I am. Yeah, I'm 20 years old. It's a, I mean, it's we a, both are, but it's the Cubs cap. It's you're a baseball yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. Every little thing. <laughs> the now first you're World injured. Series, 108 years ago. <laughs> well, 110 <laughs> now. But oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what are we gonna? What's on the docket for today's show? We're obviously gonna talk about the the Final Four and mm-hmm. uh, Villanova winning the championship. Yeah. And we might just have a real quick preview of NC State basketball next season. Uh, we're definitely gonna take. I mean, talk some um, NBA playoffs uh, starting up soon. We're going to talk some NC State softball and oh, yeah. some NC State baseball and, of course, NC State track and field. But we are going to have a quick note about swimming and diving real quick. So swimming and diving, for those of you of the, that have been following the show, you know that we finished fourth in the nation. We won on the men's side. We won the ACC championship for the fourth straight year. We had five national champions, and so that was good enough. For the ACC to name uh, NC State head coach Braden Holloway, ACC coach of the year, mm-hmm. and our uh, one of our swimmers, Andreas Vazais, who's from Greece, as the ACC men's swimmer of the year. Yeah, he did a lot this year, to say the least. Uh, he earned NCAA titles in the, the 200 fly and the 800 freestyle mm-hmm. relay. Yeah, and he also won a couple events at the ACC. He was third overall for individual points at the NCAA championship mm-hmm. because he was also an All-American in the 200 IM, the 100 backstroke, and the 200 medley relay. Yeah, he also was very dominant at the ACC championships, winning the 2 IM, the 400 medley relay, and the 800 freestyle relay. He also took second in the 200 fly and third in the 200 freestyle. So congratulations. He's also a junior. So we have one more year yeah, dude. of Isaias. And I have absolutely no doubt in my mind he's going to be in the Olympics in 2020 representing his home nation of Greece. And that's going to be really cool because we're going to have a lot of swimmers in the Olympics, I'm thinking, at least. Yes. We're going to have a lot of people in the running for it. For absolutely. Sure. Yeah, we'll have about six or seven, no doubt, at the Olympic trials. That's just from an estimation. I think we have uh, the potential for four of our men swimmers to make it. Yeah, we uh, had four last time. Vizias, yeah, Vizias, Ryan Held. Um, Coleman Stewart just won the NCAA championship yeah, Col- in 100 back. Coleman Stewart could honestly definitely qualify in the backstroke and Justin Ress, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking um, we might have a couple of former swimmers. I know Cullen Jones has been working out. like He hasn't been at state since the mid-2000s, but he's still trying to make it to the 2020 games. He might be there. Uh, Billis was a guy that graduated, and he's might he might come back. He still swims with the team. The the amazing thing about sprinting, which is uh, what Colin Jones is known for, he's 50 a free. fifty freestyler, is that it's so short that you can it's if it's very easy to stay on top of that event for a long time. But it's also incredibly difficult to like stay in first place. Like 
I forget his name, but the swimmer um, in uh, in Rio, he won in 2016, and the last time he won was in 2000. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. 16-year difference. Yeah, he was 20 and 36 yeah, yeah, at the yeah. time he won his gold medals in the 50 free. So, I mean, Colin Jones obviously can make a comeback Yeah, he didn't even time. make it um, last Olympics. So. Yeah, but it was probably by like two-tenths of, yeah, two yeah. of a second that he didn't make it. So, uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, to yeah. recap that, we're going to see a lot of swimmers in the Olympics, but that's probably going to be the last time we talk about uh, swimming and diving for a while. Again, yes. we talked about them extensively last week. But what started up was the outdoor track and field season, and that started up this past weekend with the Raleigh Relays, which, fun story about that, there was no no uh, classes on Friday. Oh, I, yeah. I don't have mm-hmm. classes on Friday anyway because that's how I work my schedule, mm-hmm. So I and I lifeguard all day. Normally, I take the bus to work because I don't have a permit to park on campus because yeah. why would I because I stay like close. 400 bucks also. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, the bus lines weren't going, at least not the one by my apartment, and I oh. didn't know that, so I had to be at work at 9, and I wake up <laughs> at like 8.15, and I, like, I'm ready to getting ready to eat my breakfast at 8.30, and I'm like, oh, I can't take the bus to work. And so I was like, hey, it's Good Friday. Maybe they won't be giving people tickets, and so I parked illegally, air quotes, on campus, mm-hmm. and then as I'm walking out of that parking lot, I see – and this is not even 9 o'clock in the morning. There's a car with a ticket on it. So I was yeah. risking a ticket all day. And then one? I did not because of the <laughs> Raleigh relays because once I got to work, it was a slow day. And then when I wasn't on, um, I was able to clock out and then go move my car to Reynolds. And it was free because oh. of the Raleigh relays. And normally you need a permit to park in Reynolds. And so it saved myself from a parking ticket. So That's thank nice. you. That was a long story, but like <laughs> I'm grateful for the Raleigh relays. The other things that went on during Raleigh Relays, uh, Gabrielle Cunningham, she ran a 13.83 in the 100-meter hurdles. She took first place, and she won by two-tenths of a second, and she has already qualified for postseason competition. Two-tenths of a second, that is a big margin in an event that that close of a distance. Usually it's decided by hundredths of a second. It's essentially swimming like like a 50. Yeah. Running 100, except it's also in the hurdles. Too. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. in the 100-meter sprint, Shannon uh, Patterson, he had 10.31, and he placed second with fast. 10.31. That's his new personal record. It ties him for fifth in program history, and he also um, is currently fifth in the region and eighth in the country, although the season has just started up. Dylan Peebles, he also finished well in the 100, finishing sixth place with a 10.63, three-tenths of a second behind that's a PR for him, and he locked up an ACC qualifying mark. In the first meet of the season, no less. In the 400 yes. meters, uh, Tiana Palato uh, took silver. She had a time of 55.3, and uh, that was the seventh best 400-meter time in school history. Abdur Rahman Kelly, he was uh, our men's top finisher for the 400. He placed fifth after running a personal best time of 48 seconds. Nice. Ridiculous. In the distance, coming off of an All-American season on the indoor Mm -hmm. track, Ellie Hennis once again had a record-setting run as she set a a silver. She ran the silver medal, so she finished second, but it was good enough for the fourth-best time in program history at 15 minutes, 49.51 seconds, and it's also a top-five national score. Dominique Claremonti, she also joined um, her. She ran the 5,000. She posted a time of 15 minutes, 55.73 seconds, only six seconds behind, and that was among the best regional and national times. She moved into 10th in program history. 
Joe Bistrich and uh, Patrick Sheehan both qualified for the ACC Outdoor Championships in the men's 5,000 meter after both of their personal best times as well. Erica Kemp uh, ran the 1,500. She placed fifth in a field of pretty strong competitors. She ran four minutes, 17.93 seconds. In the 10,000, Elijah Moskovitz, he capped off the NC State distance runners in the men's 10,000. Like I said, he ran a 29-minute, 23.09 seconds, and he is the owner of the NC State's ninth best all-time. Wow. 10,000 meters? I'm not going to do the math on the miles. 10,000 meters. Well, 1,500 is a mile. Okay. All right. So um, you can say, I think it's 6.66. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, in the jumps, uh, long jump, Lauren White, she placed third with a career best 19 feet and 4 inches or 5.89 meters if you are from Europe or that or anywhere else in the world besides America because we use the the less efficient uh, measurement. It's kind of random. Anyway, uh, Jatori Reed also finished on the podium in the high jump as he set an ACC qualifying mark of six foot eight point seventy five inches, which was good for second place in the throwing department. Tyson Fortenberry he advanced out of the field of thirty two in the shot put to the final round. He his fifty three foot throw in the finals was a personal record, and he took fourth place. He also set a personal record of one fifty two feet and six inches in the discus yep that was all day one or friday i, lo- uh, I looked it up uh ten thousand meters is 6.21 miles oh yeah I, th- I liked your math a little bit better thanks man <laughs> all right on day two on day two of the raleigh uh relays in nc state um in the 200 meters they had three members uh finishing in the top five on the men's side uh dylan peebles uh won it and he tied his personal best time of 20.87 seconds which is the number 13 mark in the nation uh, Shannon Patterson was 20.96, and Cravant Charleston was 21.02, and they finished second and fourth, and all three have qualified for the ACC Outdoor Championship. On the women's side, uh, White recorded a third-place finish with a time of 24.48. That's a personal record. Bumped her up one spot to eighth on the NC State's all-time list in the event. With the relays, uh, the women's 4X100 um, relay team took second place, uh, Janelle Pete. Pate, Gabrielle Cunningham, Tiana Patalo, and uh, Kylia Wright teamed up, and they had a time of 45.41 in the race, and that's tied for third best in school history. I really love the the relays because, I mean, I'm sure you've seen in the Olympics or, mm-hmm. like, at a track meet, it's like, especially with the, the sprinting relays, they start running, and they hold their hand out backwards, and it's up to the, um, it's up to the runner who's handing off to place it in their hand while running full speed, staying inside the lines, Within a distance of about 10 meters. I mean, I like the relays just because it's longer events, but it's not slower. Yeah. So there's more room for, like, movement among, like, oh, look, he's coming back from, like, being way behind. Yeah. You get the fast speeds in, like, a 100-meter sprint, but there's not much, like, going on, I mean, I guess to a layman's eye. Yeah. Well, I just think, like, running the um, running track myself and running relays is so stressful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really exciting when you're getting it. Did you ever drop it? Uh, no, I never dropped it, never dropped it, but it's easier to start running and to grab it than it is to place it in someone's hand. So I loved anchoring a relay because it's, you don't have to hand it off. It's the easiest part or starting is honestly not that bad either Mm -hmm. because you can get your bearings, but relay is so exciting. Four by four, uh, no different. 
NC State also ran the 4x4, uh, the women's uh, Patillo, Cunningham, Jada Griffin, and Alexis Postel. They finished in second with a time of 3 minutes 42 seconds. That's the second all-time NC State time in nice. that event. And this is the first outdoor event of the year. So, again, mm-hmm. just like almost every other NC State sport right now, we are better than we ever have yeah. in almost all of the sports. Outdoor track is the best. Like it's I mean, Personally, I'm saying this. Outdoor track better than cross country, better than indoor track. It's it's just so much fun to watch. And there were a uh, lot of people at the Raleigh Relays. Oh yeah, it's it's so much fun to watch. I just remembered just because I was talking about the best ever. Those words made me think of 1983, and I think today is oh, the 35 year 35 anniversary. years ago today. Yep. Wow, that is pretty cool. We you know we'll talk about that um, years towards the end of the day. Derek Wittenberg made a nice pass. Is yeah. <laughs> I, I still say um, whenever I do an air ball, I go, it was a pass. Yeah, of and course everyone, you do. If it's, since it's NC State, everyone knows what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> anyway, in the in her outdoor debut in the jumps, uh, Michelle Cobb notched a mark of 40.05 in the triple jump and took home first place in the event. And uh, she she's a freshman, by the way, and that's also an ACC qualifying mark and the eighth best jump in program history. And she's a freshman. Yeah. Lauren Evans, um, she made her outdoor debut of the season, just like everybody else. I don't know why I even said that. She owns the program's top hammer throw, Mark, uh, and she recorded a throw of 186 feet 9 inches on Saturday. She placed fifth and qualified for the ACC Outdoor Championships, which, of course, are at the end of the season, but still. Up next for track and field, they're going to Columbia, South Carolina, and that is in the Gamecock Invitational on April 7th. This Saturday. Oh, yeah, that is this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Wow, the semester is flying by. It really but at is. at the same time, it's, like, going really slow. It's hard to explain. It's Yeah, it's you have to be living it to understand it, like, really. Yeah, like, you guys, you, you guys aren't living it like no, no, we no. are. But the second semester, both years that I've been here, I've taken less hours, and I've felt more stressed. i felt more tired. We've talked about this before. I, I, I prefer the second semester. Mm, yeah. But anyway... Moving on, uh, we did not, last couple weeks, we have, we've had so much to talk about. We haven't had time to talk about the women's te- and men's tennis in, in mm-hmm. detail. We've just been able to tell you guys about the scores of the games. Well, um, this week's a little different. We have, uh, we can, we're going to talk to you about it. Yeah. <laughs> in the women's tennis, uh, we had two games or two matches since the last time that um, we were on the show here. First one was against Clemson and we fell to Clemson 4-3. to three. That's the short story. We did earn the doubles point. Adriana Riemi and Amanda Rebold, they defeated uh, Miller, uh, Krelnikoc, and Schroeder from Clemson 6-2 at the number two position. And at the number three position in doubles, uh, Moldovan and Taylor Stenta overcame Marty and Daniela Ruiz 6-3. So for those of you who do not follow college tennis, there's a couple ways this works. Every uh, match is seven points. And so whoever gets to four first basically wins. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you, a lot of times you see four, three. But the way it works is there's only one doubles point. And that doubles point is decided by three doubles matches. Yes. So we won two of the three, but we only get one point. And then there's six singles matches. And that's why the position of it'll be like playing at five. That means they were the fifth singles match. And the game could have been de- the match could have been decided who gets the W. At that point or not. So that's why when we tell you they played in the sixth position, they played in the third position, it kind of does make a difference because 
kind of like a batting order, I guess, in baseball. You mm-hmm. want to be strategic about what you do exactly. and where you put your uh, players Yeah, in the order. Anyway, so we did lose to Clemson despite getting the doubles point because in singles they outscored us 4-2. Uh, to two. Yeah, Taylor Bridges uh, did get a win, and Bianca Moldovan also got a win at 6-2-6-2. Both of those wins at 6-2-6-2, but overall losing to Clemson 4-3. to Yep, but that was all the bad news for you because the next match versus Virginia Tech, um, we won 4-3. Wow, it's like they add up to 7. Yeah. <laughs> but this one was uh, really close because the teams were tied at 3-3, and Adriana Remy had a thrilling three-set victory at the number two position to get the win for NC State. Yeah, we moved to 10-11 on the year, 3-5 and five in the ACC. It's pretty much an upset because Virginia Tech, 12-6 and six on the year, mm-hmm. a little bit better record. Um, we're still doing well in doubles. We've won the doubles point as two straight matches. Yeah. So it's nice to get the win there for um, NC State in the women's tennis. On the men, up next for the women, before I go mm-hmm. on to the men's tennis, they are going to next play on April 6th, which is Friday, and they are playing at Louisville at 3 p.m. on Friday. And all of these uh, sports, you can follow them on Twitter, mm-hmm. and you can stay pretty up-to-date with what's going on with them, including some video highlights, which I've, which I've watched, and they're always really cool. Yeah, and you can also follow us on Twitter because we'll probably retweet some of those videos oh, if yeah. you just want to follow one account and see them all. Uh, at Pack is Life NCSU, you can follow us and... We will usually, if not always, tweet when we're going on the air, but it's the same time. Did Wednesdays we tweet today? I, don't, I didn't remember. We didn't tweet today, no. Wow. False but, advertising, John. Yeah, I, I said mostly, and if not always. Okay, all yeah. right, so you covered yourself. Yeah, exactly. Then. That's okay, what you're supposed to right. do. You're supposed to cover yourself. Anyway, <laughs> there's a term for that. Yeah. Um, in men's tennis, we are ranked because we had a really good start for the season, but we've not been doing as well. But this past week, we went 2-0 over the weekend, so we're bouncing back. Uh, going into a game against number 25, Notre Dame, we were ranked number 29, and we came out of there with a 4-3 victory in pretty thrilling fashion, I might add. Yeah, Alexis Gallardo and Michael Ogden, they're ranked number three, number not number three, excuse me, number 63 in the country mm-hmm. as a duo, but they are ranked. Uh, they won 6-2 on court number two, and Igor Savelchik and his brother Ivan, um, they won on court one, they won 6-1, and that gave us the doubles point. Yep, and uh, Notre Dame won the next two singles matches, which are two points. Uh, Igor uh, had a three-set victory over a ranked, uh, a ranked uh, what's, I'm, opponent. player, player, opponent. I couldn't think of opponent. any of those other words. Wow. Yeah, ranked opponent. So that gave that tied the score at two apiece. Yeah, Tadis Babalis uh, followed suit on court number two. Got a win over Guillermo Cabrera, and uh, Babalus won 6-4. Cabrera fought back to win the second frame, 6-3, but uh, Babalus won in three sets. Yeah, he in the last one, he was down 4-2 and came back to win 6-4. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the difference in the match. It saved us, and then there was it comes down to tied at 3-3, and Ivan Savelchik yep. is in the deciding match, which... Last year against Notre Dame, he was also in this spot, and he won to give us the win over Notre Dame. And he did the exact same thing again this year versus Notre Dame, winning the deciding match. Yeah, he defeated Matt Gamble in three sets. He was down after the first set, 4-6, but he came back, won the second set, 7-5, third set, 6-4, 
That's our second win in a row over the Fighting Irish. Yep, and so that was a good start for the weekend, and it got better because Boston College is really bad at tennis, and we played yeah. them and beat them uh, f- uh, five to two. They're they're winless in the ACC right now. But yeah, still it's a win for us. We're thirteen and five on the year, three and four in the ACC. But ACC is a very tough conference for tennis. Yeah, in doubles, we got the doubles point. Alexis Gallerno and Michael Ogden, uh, they started off and got a 6-2 victory over Boston College's Max Palmer and Chris Graysel. The Savelchuk brothers, they were defeated in doubles, but Babalus and Malyshev clinched the doubles point for us, defeating Boston College's Connor Mullins and Kent McKay on court number three. So that gave us the doubles point. In singles, Ogden had a straight sets win on court five as he beat Palmer. Six to two, and then six to four. Georgie Malashev followed suit on court three. He took his match against Mukai by a six three six one two set victory. And they're only one went one point away from clinching the victory. Yep. But the Eagles did win a match, a singles match after that, and so it came down to Ivan clinching it again, and he provided a victory on court four as he won his seven to five and six to two to get the win, but they still played the next two um, matches. Yeah. Babalus, uh, he added a 7-6-6-4 win over Graysel on court two for the Wolfpack's 15 point, and uh, Boston College won the last point, but at that point it doesn't really yeah, matter. It was 5-1. Five, five, yeah, 5-2. Five, mm-hmm. And then the final score of 5-2. So uh, up next for men's tennis, they are returning here in Raleigh next weekend for the final two matches. At the uh, Isner Tennis Center right here on campus. That's across the street from uh, the baseball field. And, yeah, right here on NC State campus. We're hosting uh, Georgia Tech on Friday and Clemson on Sunday. Quick note about gymnastics before we take our first song break. We are hosting the NCAA Regionals. There are a lot of regionals. On Saturday at 4 p.m. in Reynolds Coliseum. We need to finish top two to get to the NCAA Championships. So come out and support the Wolf Pack. And that's and very feasible because the only team yeah. that we're not going to be is LSU. LSU. Yeah. yeah, LSU. They're going to come in. They're going to dominate. It's that's what's going to happen. We just have to finish second. That's exactly. all we need. Yeah. And you know maybe it's going to happen. It's 35 years after 1983, guys. Yeah. Destiny. All right. So we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to have you a song that I found that I kind of like. So we're going to play that one for you. It's called "Soul on Fire" by Diary of a Soul Fiend. So you guys, I don't know. I guess you guys might like it. I do. This is Packers Life Sports Show on 88.1. I haven't, I haven't heard it. So Yeah, all right. Well, you tell me what you think when you get <laughs> I will, back. I will. All righty. 88.1 WKNC. is live sports show 88.1 WKNC HD1 FM Raleigh Benjamin Denton and John Hinton. and we are back we're live and uh, that was we are alive yeah. yes we're live <laughs> in case you can't tell that was a uh, soul train by St. Jude was the artist the thing I said before was the name of the album so hopefully what did you think of that John I said I'd ask you it's pretty good it's got like a, a soul train kind of vibe like a modern jazz if you will you know like a rock jazz combo I don't know I liked it. Like a rock opera, kind of. My mom always um, calls me after the show 
and uh, will tell me uh, what she thought of the show. Yeah. But my mom's not one of those parents. I was like, you did a good job regardless. Like, she only tells me it was good if it was good. Yeah. There are some days that uh, she will just, the first thing she says, that that music you played at halftime, and she'll say some stuff and, about it. Well, the music isn't the, isn't the reason people listen to the show. So. That's true. Yeah. And then, I mean, kudos to you. Sometimes she goes, you didn't let John pick the song this week, did you? Oh, yeah. She likes my music better. Yeah. Most people bit. do. Most people Thanks, do. John. Yeah. Well, I, I think your taste in music sucks, personally. Yeah, thank I'm, you. I'm only joking. I yeah. Sometimes I forget <laughs> that sarcasm doesn't come across, like, as well. Like, you know when you're no. texting someone so and... you just say it like that? No. <laughs> That's how you get sarcasm across. All righty. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay. Yeah. In baseball this past week, we didn't have a lot. We had a three-game series versus Virginia Tech, and that was at Virginia Tech, and mm-hmm. we've won all three series that we've um, played in this year up to this point. Game one, we're ranked six in the country. Oh, yeah. We go to Virginia Tech and just lay an egg 10-2. to two. Yeah, we actually scored in the first inning for the sixth time this season. Uh, took a lead 2-0. to zero, But after that, it was pretty much all Virginia Tech. Uh, uh, Brett Kinneman continued his hot streak. He had a double to right field. Narrowly missed his 13th home run of the season, but it was not enough. Yeah, Steven Batera scored his first run of the season to give NC State that 1-0 lead as Josh McClain uh, reached second base on an error. And then Brock Dethridge dropped a perfect bunt, and Kenneman scored for the third time. In, from uh, third. From third, sorry, yeah. mm-hmm. to make it 2-0 uh, to zero in favor of the Wolfpack, and it was all Virginia Tech after that. Yeah, they scored eight runs in the third, and it's pretty <laughs> nice. tough to recover coming back from that. Um, That's normally us that does that. Like, we have, what, yeah. 15 innings this year where we've scored five or more runs? I think so, yeah. So, yeah. And it's usually the third and the eighth inning. Yeah, taste of, our, taste of our own medicine, but okay, that's fine. We had two more games against Virginia Tech. We, yeah. We got you guys because the next game, we won 14-2. to two. Yeah, Johnny Piedmonte, he took a perfect game into the fifth and a no-hitter into the seventh inning, so it wasn't even that close. We scored three runs in the first inning. We're up 11 to nothing before VT finally got on the board in the bottom of the seventh, right before the stretch. It's the best performance of Piedmonte's career, obviously, as he was nearly unhittable for seven innings. He uh, finished with uh, perfect through 4.2, and then a two-walk before a two-out walk in the fifth. So it was with two outs Mm -hmm. that he got the walk and lost the perfect game. But we still got the win. Yeah, still. um, He had a no-hitter through the seventh until a single to right field ended that. And a sacrifice fly um, ended the shutout in the same inning. So he struck he, out six batters and allowed just two hits, which were both singles. Yeah, so exactly. a really, really great performance. Then relieved after seven innings. That's a solid day of work. Yeah, zero, zero ER. Really very good day. solid. Yep. After singles from Josh McClain and Brett Kinneman, uh, sophomore Will Wilson, who's turning into our second best player oh, yeah. behind Kinneman, by the way, belted his seventh home run of the season over left field, which is only five behind Kinneman who still leads the country. Yeah, Brock Detheridge. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. Yeah. Brock Detheridge, uh, he scored, our, or he drove in our third run. Kenneman, uh, he was walked early in the frame. He was in the frame. He was uh, driven in by Detheridge. In the fourth inning, Kenneman doubled uh, to right field as Davis Vasquez and McLean scored to give NC State a 6-0 to advantage. And an RBI ground out from Vasquez. An RBI single by Dylan Cooper pushed the Wolfpack's lead to 8 to nothing. Yeah, uh, McLean, he drove in a pair of runs with a single to left field in the seventh, and a throwing error led to the third run of the inning for State. 
Deathridge uh, led off the eighth with a solo home run to right field. That was his fifth of the season, and that made it 12, run, 12 to 1 in favor of the Wolfpack. And there's no mercy rule in baseball. We extended our lead to 14 to 1 in the eighth after McLean singled to score JT, Barrett, JT Jarrett and Patrick Bailey. I said JT Barrett out of habit, Ohio State. But <laughs> yeah, I, I know who JT Barrett. Yeah, I know. Is. I'm just clarifying. I'm just clarifying. Yeah, so they but, score, uh, Virginia yeah. Tech scored one more run in the ninth inning for that final score of 14 to 2, but it still came down to the Sunday game. Where it was, we haven't lost a series all year. Mm-hmm. In fact, our previous series versus Georgia Tech, we lost game one, then came back and won the next two games. We won the third deciding game on Sunday, one to nothing. Yeah, very low scoring compared to the other two games. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean, we've won seven straight ACC series, four and zero this season. Now that doesn't mean we might not drop a game here or there, but it means that we're getting uh, two out of three. Three out of five. Anytime that we play a series with a team, yeah, twenty-three and five on the year, and nine and three in the ACC. And Virginia Tech is eleven and fifteen and five and seven. So maybe we shouldn't have had uh, as many problems, but the Wolfpack pulled through and got the wins. Yeah, top of the eighth, Evan Edwards. He stepped to the plate with two outs. He singled to right field past the first baseman. That drove in the game-winning run, and that was uh, Terrell Tatum pinch hitting or pinch running for Steven Pitara, and he scored on the RBI single. Yep, and up next for NC State Baseball, we're returning to action next weekend when we travel to Louisville, and game well, this coming weekend. And yep. the game is set for 6 p.m. on Friday. That's game one. That's going to be a series. And we're also playing UNC Wilmington next Wednesday at 6, which means at the minimum, Packers Life will not be going to six because they do a pregame show, and I'm not sure whether it's 30 minutes or an hour. Yes. So if it's 30 minutes, we're going to be here at 5 o'clock, and we'll give you 30 minutes of Packers Life. If it's an hour pregame show, you guys won't hear any Packers Life for two weeks, and it's going to make you guys very sad, I know, but yeah. you know, it's just it's the life of us professionals here. you got to learn to suck it up and just... <laughs> Deal with the bad things that life throws you, it, whether that be getting a bad grade or not having pack his life for one week. I, I think I'm you'll be okay. Inspired. Yeah, I'm you'll feeling... be okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so our, our softball team kind of needs some inspiration right now. They do, and they actually. Uh, I mean, they did better. I mean, <laughs> we won a game at Louisville. I did. The way you said that, <laughs> they I, did better. Well, like, it's coming right behind baseball, and we're better in baseball right now than we've been almost ever. Yeah. And certainly under Elliot Avent, as he's been a great coach for us and like mm-hmm. best start since 2003 or whatever. So, of course, if you're going to follow that, it's going to be a little bit disappointing yeah. in comparison. Yeah. I wish we had talked about softball first now in retrospect. Wow. Mm. But anyway, we went, okay. we went to Louisville. Uh, game one got moved back because of weather, so we had a doubleheader on Saturday, and we split that. Uh, game one, uh, we lost 4-2. to two. Uh, Chanley Garner's uh, solo shot to center field gave NC State a... 1-0 to zero lead in the first inning. Yeah, Louisville, they scored three runs in the fourth on as many hits and an error. Uh, there was a two-out double, but they got a single uh, through the right gap and then another RBI, all with two outs. And, yeah, three runs on three hits. Yeah, NC State cut the deficit to one run in the fifth inning thanks to Haley Kubziak's bases loaded walk. So that's always a good thing when you get a walk with the bases loaded. Yeah, uh, the cards answered in the bottom frame. They took a two-run lead. A single to left center drove in a run. Well, that was we. That was the final score, four to two. Game one, game two, same day. We won six to one. 
So that was yeah. actually, I guess, in our advantage. After two scoreless innings, Garner had another solo home run and left down left field and gave her team, again, a 1-0 to zero advantage. Yeah, we added four more runs on three hits in the fifth inning. Uh, Garner, she had an RBI double to right field, brought in the first run, um, scoring pinch runner Sam Russ from third. And uh, Madeline Curtis led off with a single up the middle to drive in another run. Timberland Sherbutt had hit a three-run blast to left field after Kubziak drew a two-out walk. The Cards uh, put their lone run of the game on in the fifth on a sacrifice fly to left field after a walk and a pair of singles loaded the bases. Yeah, in the top of the seventh, Natalie Jones, she had an RBA single to right field, tack on another run, and um, yeah, that puts... Uh, Two runs in the top of the seventh, making the final score 6-1 to one against Louisville. In the deciding game, uh, the rubber match, as it's called, yeah. and I'm not sure why. I don't play softball or baseball, but um, we lost 7-0. to zero. Yeah. That's basically, yeah, that's, that's, we didn't score, guys, so we're not going to talk about the game. Yeah, nothing really to say there. The bats were cold, and the bullpen was uh, as well. Yeah, so... so with the loss, we're twenty and fifteen on the year, four and seven in the ACC. Up next, we are going to Liberty, which is today, which is the first pitch was at five. So yeah. that game's going on right now. So yeah. you could uh, check on on Twitter for uh, softball. They have a Twitter account. We yes, just check. They do because we're taking another break. Yeah, and so we're gonna check the score of that game um, for you guys. Mm-hmm. This time, I'm gonna get the name right. The song, which actually between between you and me. You guys listening, just us, between us, I like this song better. Okay. Than the last. Between us, just us. Yeah. Yeah, us. Between us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say yeah. it again. No. Okay. Anyway, this is Baby Blues by um, <laughs> Dave McKennedy. Minichetti. It's a tricky name. The eyes in there were escaping me. Okay. Anyway, this is don't his look song. At me. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. You're the one that's good with the names, John. I always I can't look see at you. it. Okay, anyway, this is Packers Life Sports Show on 88.1. We'll be right back. Sports Show, Benjamin Denton, John Hinton. That was Baby Blues by Dave Minichetti. And you have reached the third segment of our show today where we are going to talk about national sports. A lot of national sports. Uh, First off, we have the Hornets. So in the Hornets news, we offered uh, Mitch Kupchak. Good move or bad move, Ben? What do you think? I like it because he drafted Lonzo Ball. That's it. Yeah, okay. That's my analysis. <laughs> For those of you who don't have Mitch You're Kupchak. You're the one that follows the, NBA more than me. Yeah. Wait, the John, former. Good move or bad move? I think it's a bad move. Bad move? Yes, I think it's better than Rick Cho, but I think we can do better than Mitch Kupchak. Can we, though, with the Hornets? That That's the thing. I think you got to look at the owner if you can't hire a good GM, and it's MJ. And I don't think MJ cares about winning, which I think is perfect for him hiring Mitch what? Kupchak. You know, no. No, he doesn't Six care about winning. Rings. He doesn't care about winning as a team. He cares about winning himself. He's making money. Mm. He's selling shoes. He's that's de- all he's doing. He sells good shoes. He does. He but made- that's all he's doing. He's the owner of the team. Mitch Kupchak gave Luol Deng, an aging Luol Deng, $60 million. He's still on that contract, by the way. I think he's played about 10 games all year, and it's been like very trash time. 
Oh, well, I mean, he got Kyle Kuzma and uh, Lonzo Ball. Yes. Kuzma is a much better pick. But... Did a great job drafting this year. Which we haven't done previously. Exactly. I mean, we, we did a good job with Kemba Walker. We did a good job with Kemba. We did a good job with um, Cody Zeller, I think. Well, like he look... was a fourth overall pick. But when you look back well, at that draft, there's. I mean, he's pretty solid for. He's okay. For he's okay. Good I enough, like Cody enough. Zeller, but he's not yeah. worth the fourth Jeremy overall Lamb, pick. Jeremy Lamb, we didn't draft, but was a good signing, pairing yeah. him with Kemba. Malik Monk is a good draft pick. Dwayne Bacon, good draft picks, but they haven't been getting the playing time. Well, speaking of Monk, he's spent a good portion of this season on a on our G League team, the Greensboro Swarm. And yeah. uh, as of late, he's been promoted back to the Hornets because we're out of playoff contention, and it's more about <laughs> yeah. losing games to get draft picks, and we're giving these young guys valuable experience. And Monk has been capitalizing. Because he just set a franchise record as the first mm-hmm. rookie to have three straight games with five or more three-pointers. Yeah. Uh, the game the other night versus the Miami Heat, he had an amazing dunk. He also had you 20. You mean the Bulls. He had an amazing the Bulls. dunk. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the Heat. It was against the Bulls. But, yeah. He had 21 points, which begs the question, like, why wasn't he playing all year? Maybe his defense wasn't as good. He has a slight frame. Maybe so. the coach isn't always right. Maybe the coach is just as bad as the GM. And just as bad as the owner of the Hornets. Well, I, I like Steve Clifford. Why? Because we, we, we've we always played good defense when he's been the coach. But we haven't been winning. That's true. And that could be due to talent, too. Because this is a superstar-driven well, league, and but, Kemp Walker's our best player. And well, I love him to death, but he's not a superstar. Well, you look at the last time we made the playoffs, we had Al Jefferson. And we got and we swept. had Courtney Lee. No, we didn't. We lost wait, wait, wait. in seven that games. That was the Bobcats. Bobcats. Yeah, we lost in seven games. We we should have won, actually. We had a 3-2 lead over the Heat. And then um, all of a sudden, we keep making these bad deals. We start making these terrible deals. We signed Marvin Williams to a Marvin ridiculous Williams contract. Marvin been a very good player for us. He's though. been very good, but he's not worth what we're paying him. Nicholas Batum, don't even get me started on his contract. But he's been good for us, too. So he has, he has, He's one of the top 20 highest-paid players in the league. But he's not worth what we're paying him. Okay, Jeremy I can Lamb, see that argument. Jeremy Lamb, Malik Monk could both easily start over him. Hmm. Well, Batum also hasn't been really quite healthy this year either. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries. And Batum's been, never been healthy in his career. Which maybe which I is why we point. shouldn't have signed him. I like the Batum signing, but we're not winning, so you're more of you're you're looking better now as far as being right yeah. about this. Dwight Howard, that was a good trade to get Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's been our best player this year. Yeah, he's been an all-star. Better than Kemba. And yeah. I love Kemba, but Dwight Howard's been our best player this year. Kemba just had the, uh, he's the all-time uh, Hornets scoring he, Yeah, leader. he did. Yeah, he set the record. I'm, Got a hug yeah. from LeBron after that. That was cool, yeah. Dale Curry looks kind of salty, but later he presented him the the award, and it was all, it was all good, but yeah. I'm really, so... Really I'm cool. just hoping that we can get Steph Curry because Del Curry. I mean, I, look, if Steph Curry came to the Hornets, maybe I don't. Here's think, the thing: good Steph Curry is not coming to the Hornets. Thirty-nine-year-old Steph Curry, who just thirty-nine-year-old Steph corner. Curry will be out of the league nah, for he, three years. Nah, he's gonna. He's still gonna be a guy that just goes in the corner, and you, he's gonna be Kyle Korver. No, dude. No, no, no. Why would Why would a two-time MVP ever want to be a Kyle Korver? I mean, Vince Carter isn't a two-time MVP, but he's a guy that has... Vin- yeah, that's my point. He wasn't a two-time MVP. He was never the best player on his team. Steph is arguably a top 20 player of all time. I think he'll be top 10 by the time he retires. Okay. And well, We're <laughs> disagreeing about how long he'll play, but I just think that but we I, have I a chance when he's past his prime and I, no longer winning championships in Golden State. I think yeah. he could come to Charlotte. 
and get a lot of butts and seats, honestly. Like, yeah. we wouldn't care how good or not good he was. People would go to watch Steph Curry. Yeah, which is kind of sad to me because, um, I mean, I mean, you look at his injury history, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even think he'll be in the league that much longer based on that. And I, I still think he's going to be an all-time great player, but he's got the ankle issues. Had them for a while. He's got the MCL sprain right now. He's going to miss the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I saw that. And playoffs start next week. I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. I love the NBA playoffs. Like, I think you're a little – I, I like the NBA playoffs, but not as much as you. What did you say earlier? The purest form of They are of the sports? purest form of basketball. Okay. Because the best team always wins. Even if it's an upset, the best team always wins. Well, a seven-game series, yeah, would lend itself to that. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, even when an eight seed beats a one seed, the eight seed is the better team. Yeah. There is literally zero argument unless there's an injury or something like that. Like, if the Warriors lose to the, the Pelicans in the first round without Steph, I'm not going to say, oh, the Pelicans are better. The Pelicans are better when Steph's not playing. Yeah, but obviously. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's obviously. better for the Pelicans because Steph's not playing for them. But yeah, but anyway. I'm, I'm so excited about the playoffs. Who who do you think? Well, we can talk about this next. Well, we'll preview the player playoffs more in depth next. Let's no. give our quick predictions. Of, no, we might not have a show next week, so we'll do it now. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Who who wins the East right now? Oh my goodness, that the East is tougher to call than the West for me because really, yeah, it really is because I mean you got the Cavs and they got LeBron. Yes. And that's their argument. They got LeBron. That's my and pick that's, right it's, there. It's so hard to argue against that. They got LeBron. They beat the Raptors last night. LeBron has been to the finals, what, seven straight years now? Four years in eight Miami. Eight straight years. Eight straight. Four in my. Oh, yeah. So, well. This will be the eighth. This will. Yeah, if he goes, this will be the eighth. But um, the thing the thing about the, yeah, Raptors, the, the Raptors, Celtics, yeah. and Cavs. The Raptors are about to hit playoff mode, which if you know anything about the baby dinosaurs, it means that they don't play to their potential. LeBron's about to hit playoff mode. Yeah. Which, if you know anything about LeBron, is like, it's when he, he calls it so like I'm blackout. a strong LeBron vibe right now. The only, I don't think the Raptors will win. I think the Celtics really? have a very good shot because is of how Hayward well. on track to come back? I've been seeing those videos on ESPN of him. Um, like, now he's running and he's doing drills. I don't, I don't think he will. I don't think he's going to come back. I don't think Brad Stevens I wants think, yeah. to risk that in a year where LeBron may not be in the East next year. Uh, that's true. Why why would you rush Gordon Hayward back when you can dominate next year if Hayward comes back? That would be really healthy. sad if LeBron goes goes to the West. Uh, it'd be cool it'd if be he cool. plays Alonzo Ball. And then we get LeBron or the and Rockets. Lavar. Or he goes to the I'd Rockets. Ra- I'd much ra- like, I don't like. Oh, I'd, ra- I'd rather see him on the Lakers, too. But like I'll, I'll, Everyone's always talking about, oh, the Lakers need to be good for the NBA to be good or whatever, or the Celtics or those big names. Like, I wish like we could have like the Grizzlies or the Hornets or oh, the Grizzlies would be horrible to watch. No, no, I'm talking about just like good players go there. I'm not talking about their style. Uh, I'm just talking about take a team that's not traditionally good. Yeah, and in the, I guess the NBA. Well, the Warriors they- not traditionally good. They have they have six championships, but they haven't been good since the '70s until Steph came back. So the Cavaliers never been good till LeBron got there. Yeah. So I think you can say that's we have that I right like, now. I like those yeah. stories. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Miami Heat, different story. They've had uh, all-time players. Yeah. But I'm going to go with the Cavs coming out of the East to put it a long know, story short. I already know your pick from the West, but just hit me. What's it? What's Houston Rockets, pick? man. Really? That's Houston your pick? Rock- yeah, you think I was going to say Blazers? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm a diehard Hornets and Blazers fan. Bandwagon. You, <clears throat> yeah, okay, That that's not what a bandwagon is. But if you want to talk to me about that, 
then I'll be happy to answer We're your questions. Outside. But yeah, no, 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 not even a fight. I'm just no, happy to educate. Just... <laughs> but Blazers currently in the third seed. They're not impressing me right now. Uh, lost to the Mavericks last night. Dennis Smith, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, if you didn't see his dunk, go look up Dennis Smith's dunk last night. He you like, could just do that for the whole year. He's been on the top plays yeah. every other night. But he tipped it to himself on a steal, bounced it, and then went up and dunked it. Didn't even take a dribble, and he went like 90 feet, and it was perfectly legal. Pretty who needs sick. handles? Who needs handles? Yeah, who NBA needs today? handles when you can jump like when you have a 45-inch 48. vertical? 48-inch yeah. vertical. But I, don't, I, think, I think the Blazers can beat the Warriors in the second round if Steph is not healthy. My pick right now, and the matchups are going to be determined. Like it's really up in the air, especially where the seeding with the West. Left, yeah. yeah, but I would definitely. I have the Cavaliers. Like I okay. have to go with LeBron, and just to be, I like I'm torn whether I want to see the Warriors or not. Like because we've seen the Warriors every year, so you got that classic rivalry by now. Something yeah. we can talk about twenty years mm-hmm. from now. But I also like kind of want to see somebody different. So I would love. Actually, I would like to see the Blazers make it. Oh, I'd love to see the Blazers. Oh, my Dame God. time. Damian Lillard. Like, yeah. I know you, like, I hate to admit, like, agreeing with you that much, but, like, <laughs> I like I like his swagger and what he does. Like, oh, yeah. How he markets himself and his brand. Like, I like Damian Lillard. But I guess I'd have to go with the Warriors, probably. Okay. So you if think I the rematch. If I was putting money on it, I'd probably go with another the rematch. The fourth straight year? Yeah. I think, I don't, I honestly, like, I'm more sure about the Rockets than I am about the Cavs. Really? I really think that Harden's going to— So you just saw James Harden dancing last night, and you were just— Yeah, I was like, NBA oh, I'm, finals con- I'm convinced. But I've been saying Rockets since yeah, uh, I know, early I know. in the season. But, um, Which is good, because yeah. your, your, your prediction is a good transition to what we're going to talk about next is the yeah. Final Four, which Predictions. You, you had picked Michigan to <laughs> win it. But, like, kudos to you to actually—they got to the championship game. Yeah, thank and you. Thank it was you. a snooze fest. But, like— yeah. Tournament, it was just a really disappointing Final Four. For the, it was. It was a bad We had Final arguably four. one of the better tournaments we've ever had as far as buzzer beaters, Cinderella's, upsets. I mean, yeah. Loy- basically, Loyola not winning like I want it to happen. That basically just ruined it all because Michigan hadn't played a top five seed like in the tournament. Which that was the first time in uh, the history of the tournament since... Since it expanded to 64 teams in 1985, yeah, when Villanova won yeah. in 85. <laughs> I think that was less of a factor than most people make it out to be because you look at the way Villanova beat Kansas. Everyone. Double-digit wins over everyone, which the last team to do that yeah. was the, the 09 other team down the road. Yeah, incredibly dominant. Incredibly yeah. dominant. And, I mean, what, what was the Dante DiVincenzo? Yeah. The half gingers, the reddish head, the reddish head, like Blake Griffin. Yeah, he's yeah. I mean, I got I got red hair, so I mean, when he was going off, I was I was upset. Michael Wilbon tweeted out that Divincenzo is a better NBA prospect than Trey Young. Okay, (laughs) Michael Wilbon also said Bryce Johnson would be better. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Give me Bryce. People talking Ben Simmons, but give me Bryce Johnson. Bryce Johnson over Ben Simmons. A hundred out of a hundred times. Yeah, so I don't I don't know. I like to have bold takes, so I'm not gonna like Yeah. I just like to laugh at it, which we get to do because he's wrong. But okay. Say get, DiVincenzo is a better NBA prospect than Trey Young right after he just dropped thirty one points in the championship game. And there's a reason this guy wasn't starting. I mean, I watched one game of Villanova at the beginning of the season and this yeah. guy also dropped buckets in that one game. Yeah. So when I came into this game watching Villanova, I was like, Why isn't this guy starting? Yeah. Because 
but apparently, like, he just wasn't part of their, like, best five. And you had Jalen Brunson, who spent most of that second half on the bench because he wasn't even needed. And he was the best player in the country. He won, yeah. he won the That's Naismith. what's scary about Villanova this year. Like, they just... It's like they're going to win a nas- yeah. national championship. Yeah. Well, all right. Give it, me your boldest prediction for college basketball next season. NC State wins it all. Okay, that's that's what. No, I was give thinking. me a real bold prediction. Something that could actually happen. I have to think about that. That's a tough one. Yeah. I have to think about that one. Yeah. Well, you gave me a tough one last week, so I'll give you a tough one this week. I I'm gonna have to. I think NC State's a Final Four team. I don't know. I just feel it. You know, like the 1983. I feel like State fans feel it every year. We do. Yeah. That's, that's what's great about us. See, the good thing is we are ranked number 23 in the country by ESPN's preseason rankings. Again, which is bad because we don't do well with expectations. Yeah. Ever. Well, Mark Goffrey doesn't. Sidney Lowe doesn't. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't seen what Kevin Keats can Kevin do. Kevin Keats also said, I don't want to hear any more about the NC State stuff, and then proceeded to do NC State stuff in the ACC and NCAA tournament. I mean, he is a winner, but... Yeah, but he didn't have his own recruits there. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And he's getting a lot of his guys in next year. That's yeah. what their Final Four team, John. Oh, um... I My prediction, I gotta go with... Um, I, you better have one because you asked me. I yeah. didn't know you were going to ask me that. I think that Kentucky is going to miss the NCAA tournament. I'd be happy with that. They missed it a few years ago after yeah. having all the top recruits. Duke has a top three recruits. I forgot about that. And they also have the 12th recruit, Trey Jones. That's Tyus Jones' brother. Oh, yeah. people. He's better than Tyus. Really? Yes. We'll he, see. He is better than – he might not be a better clutch performer than Tyus, but he's better than Tyus. You can't – you can't uh, – can't – like you can't make that clutch gene. They gotta have it, or they gotta not yeah, have it. Yeah, Divincenzo, he has it. Yeah, Grayson Allen didn't have it this year. Freshman year, he did. Obviously, I know you're not about to come on WKNC and say something good about Grayson Allen. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying a fact. His now, freshman there, there year, he scored. Ratings, John. He scored. They went. He scored 17 points in the championship as a freshman, averaging three per game. That's because he wasn't played because all year. Like he yeah. was a really highly recruited player. I don't know why he wasn't played all year. Well, Quinn Cook. Yeah, Tyus Jones. Quinn Cook's actually yeah. playing very well for the Warriors. Yes, he is. I'm really happy to see that. He's one of my we favorite players ever. We are really bouncing around, but we got the NFL <laughs> uh, draft coming up in a few weeks. We're going to talk about that probably more next week. As mm. time is running down, which I didn't anticipate happening because there's just not as many Wolfpack sports going on right yeah. now, we got to talk about the greatest team on the East Coast, the, the Tide Pods. Pods. <laughs> That's great. It's love- the greatest name. I came up with it, by the way. You're, yeah. Yeah, very original. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, um, we're in the playoffs now with our team, and even though I'm not playing well, we're playing very well. Uh, we played the. What about ne- me? Am I playing well? You played very well Thank last you. week. Thank you. No, you did. <laughs> I'm not. Like I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't lie to you, John. Yeah, I know. Of course, never ever. <laughs> but you did play well last week. I think would you have 14 and 12 or something like I don't, that? I don't know. I don't keep track of my stats. That's not true. But um, <laughs> anyway, I had two points. I was one for seven. So it's okay. um, we were we were better off when I wasn't on the floor. We got but the win. we got Mamba mentality tonight. Yeah, we won uh, 78 to 70. Yeah, and uh, that's uh, we're in the Sweet 16 now. But that's all the time we have. I'm Benjamin Denton. And I'm John Hinton. Thank you so much for listening and making us a part of your week. And uh, we might see y'all next week for half hour. If not, we'll tune in two weeks from now. Have a good day.